Zorba Pastor on Your Health is pre-recorded. From Buck Studio at Wisconsin Public Radio, this is Zorba Pastor on Your Health. I'm Carl Christensen, and I'm here with family doc Zorba Pastor. We'll spend the next hour with you in our virtual doctor's office. Although, Zorba, we're missing that person at the reception desk who just barely makes eye contact virtual, with you. The virtual person. Virtual, yeah. yeah exactly. Right now, they're AI. kind of ghosty there, the yeah. AI virtual person. You got it. <laughs> uh, we'll talk healthy living. We'll walk through a healthy recipe. We'll get to some of your phone calls as emails and a few of your voicemails as well. And if you have a question for the good doc, the number to call anytime is 800 462 7413. And along with those calls, we'll have a few healthy living topics, Zorba. We're going to talk about kids and play. All work, no independent play. What are we doing to our kids and what sort of mental problems do we have as adults right now because of what we haven't let our kids do in terms of playing when they're younger. And then we're going to talk about physical activity for adults, death risk, a very important study that shows that we sit too much and if we start to move around more, we're actually going to live longer. Longer. So that's, really interesting that stuff. Sounds very interesting. And we have a recipe today, sweet as always. Sweet potato pecan casserole. Ooh. If you like sweet potatoes, if you like pecans, you will like this. And if you don't like sweet potatoes, give it another try because they're really good. They're filled with carotenoids and flavonoids. They are so good for you. And frankly, we do not eat as many sweet potatoes as we should. They are delicious. You're going to want to try this recipe. It's yummy. Those are all my favorite oids, by the way. The ones you mentioned, those are all the good ones. To the Phones we go at 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, let's go to our first caller now. This is a listener joining us from El Paso, Texas. Hi. Hi. Thank you for taking my call, Dr. Zorba. Sure. How can Um, we help you? I have a question about wine alternatives. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing a lot of sites about uh, substitutes or for stopping drinking or cutting back. And there are lots of herbs and all, and I just wonder where you might stand with those as an alternative to alcohol. So when you're talking about wine alternatives, you mean for the benefits of wine or you mean for somebody who wants to stop drinking? What what are you looking for in this? Well, they talk about get the same buzz uh, uh-huh. or the euphoric feeling as when you're drinking without the alcohol uh-huh. and uh, my concern for, well, eventually stop drinking. I would have to say to eventually stop drinking instead of just going cold turkey. Sure. But well, I wonder how how do you get the buzz out of a herbal drink? Well, first of all, you you know, alcohol is a very, very unique substance. If you look at our attempts to get rid of alcohol in the world, it never, ever works. You look at prohibition, getting rid of alcohol, and look what happened was there was a rise of the mafia, a whole rise of, of illicit and illegal things. So nothing is exactly, you know, like alcohol. But from a point of view of decreasing how much you're drinking, there are some very important things. So, for instance, in Wisconsin, we drink a lot of beer, right, Carl? Lots think- of beer. I think that's what I've Lots heard. Yeah. But, it, but, it, but it's a real issue. And it's an issue when I have people in my office, young men and young women who want to stop drinking. And I'll say, you know, part of when you're going out and drinking may not just be the buzz. It may be sitting with your friends, having something, sitting down, having a cold brew and just relaxing with that. And I usually recommend when people try to decrease drinking, like with beer, for instance, that every other beer you have, be it, have a a non-alcoholic beer. And you could do the same thing with wine, but you won't get the same feeling with anything herbal or anything else uh, exactly the same. But when it comes to actually stopping drinking, there's so many different ways you can do that. So uh, I have a question. Do you have an alcohol problem or is this somebody else that you're interested in this for? Um, No, it's for me. Some days are better than others. Some day, well, that's the way it is with, with so a lot of life. things. With a lot of things <laughs> yes, in life. Well, let me get. I have, I have a couple of suggestions here. So, first of all, you ought to consider talking to your family doc, your primary care physician, nurse practitioner, physician's assistant, and there are some medications that you can take that can be very useful. That can actually help you stop drinking. That's something very, very useful. And you've got to have somebody who's knowledgeable in those medications, and also with the counseling that goes along with that. Anyone 
someone who drinks too much, it can be a combination of counseling, medication, either one or both of them together. That's number one. Number two, many people who have good days and bad days and drink do really well with antidepressants. And especially lower dose, not even high dose antidepressants can make a real, real difference. So that would be the way that I would begin to perspect this. I would get an advocate on your side, healthcare professional, and I would look at it in that way to do something. And that can really, really make a difference in what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's, right, so, that, that's the case. So basically this is all a hype here on online. You bet really... it is just a hype. It's like, hey, <laughs> something that is not alcoholic, it's going to give you the same feeling. No. But as I said, there are many medications that can help antidepressants and also other drugs that can be very useful in anyone who's drinking too much. That's kind of the way to go because you want to get this under control. How, how old are you this year? 65. 65. So it's a mm-hmm. good time to get a handle on it. And I think actually you bring up uh, – this brings up a very good point in that um, – People who have a tendency to maybe drink too much on some days versus other days, it's not just a problem with younger people. It's a problem all through the ages, and there's good help out there. There is no doubt about it, and that's how I would approach it. I would approach it as something that you want to get to the point where either you're drinking much, much less or you're not drinking at all, and you can improve your life. Well, that's my goal. I've got a few years to go. So I'm yeah, at 65, you probably <laughs> have a long time to go. So, well, thank that's you. That's what I'm working on. There, there you go. You. You're welcome. Thanks thank for you your so call. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much for that call at 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, let's get to our first healthy living topic, Zorba. There's some new research out about the role of independent play in children's mental health. Yeah. So when when you were a kid, did your mom and dad ever just say, go out and play and be home when it's dark? All the time. That was kind of the norm. Just, yeah, go play with your friends, go to the park, yeah, go yeah, wherever, yeah. and then just be back by the yeah. time the lights, yeah. you know, yeah. the outdoor lights well, come on. Well, over time, that has changed. So, for instance, when you were a kid, when I was a kid, if you let your kid go out and play and you didn't know where they were, that was the standard of parenting. But now, in the present time, if you don't know where your kids are, it can be considered to be abuse. You should always know where your children are what they're doing. Let's have structured play. So let's have soccer and swimming and dance and karate. And let's make sure that we fill their days with structured play when in reality, independent play is a great big thing. And a recent article in the journal Pediatrics looked at mental health disorders may be attributed to the decline of independent play throughout the time. So hmm. you have a couple of kids, right? How old Two are Two kids, five Two and kids. eight. Five and eight. Do you ever stay, go outside and be back when it's dark, he, they don't go too far, but yeah, they can go to a friend's house and yeah, not how really, much? not how really much? dark. I, mean, you're, you're I wouldn't kinda, say it's all dark. You're kind of like <laughs> you're kind of like doing that. Like I'm not really sure I'm answering the question. You're trying to sort of couch it in the fact that you you want to always know where they are, though. You right? do. I mean, they don't have phones or anything yet, and they, not that they yeah, don't want well, them. Did you but... did you have phones when you were younger? <laughs> no. Did you have phones? On? Did you have an air tag? Did you have an air tag on you so your parents always knew where you were? No, <laughs> they, no, they didn't. But that's me yet. But no, it's but it's <laughs> but it's the same thing with our kids, and that's it. So the study shows that giving kids freedom to engage in activities that involve some degree of risk—that's the whole thing. We, mm-hmm. we just want to decrease our children's risk, and personal responsibility has declined over the decades, and that may be part of the issue with why young adults, when young adults today become more anxious, more depressed, and more upset, is that they never took that personal risk when they were kids. And part of the study, because I went back and took a deep dive into the study is they showed eight-year-olds pictures and they said, pick out which pictures are kids playing. And the pictures they picked out were only pictures where there were kids in it. If there was an adult in the pictures, they didn't pick that out as play. Wow. So eight-year-olds were defining play as only when they were with other kids, you know, in the picture. Right. But if there was an adult in the picture, that wasn't play. And so <laughs> that's— Adults ruin everything, don't well, we? Well, they do. Adults <laughs> ruin everything. You've got it. So that's be- interesting, though. No, no, totally. So between 19—the particular study looked between 1950 and the year 2010, the average length— of the school year also increased by five weeks. 
Oh, wow. So in this, right, aren't you shocked? I didn't know that. Between 1950 and 2010, there's five weeks more of school every year. So that means there's five weeks less play. Now, mm-hmm. your kids would love five weeks more play, yeah, right? Yeah, they yeah, would. Yeah, that's right. They would really love it. I don't know if it. we'd like that, the well, parents. No, you might not like that. Yeah, you might not like to have them in, in school. But the issue is play actually serves a purpose. Sure. It's actually not just fun. Mm-hmm. It's fun activities and independence. And I think this is a call for parents to think about what are you going to do with your kids and let them be a little bit more independent to play and stop structuring everything. Wise words. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. Call the number anytime with your healthy living question and leave a voicemail if you want. Let's go to a voicemail now. This is a listener from Northern Minnesota. Hi, I have two parents who were diagnosed with diabetes. They are both in their mid-50s. I am in my mid-20s, and I was wondering what I could do now to start working on prevention. Maybe simple little things that I could do um, yet to prevent, hopefully, you know, not being diagnosed at the same time period. Thank you so much. Well, he brings up a really, really good point. So do you have diabetes in your family? Not that I know of, no. No. So uh, diabetes tends to run in families. Mm-hmm. Now, in your family, I know your dad was a runner. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he's not overweight. He's still at a great weight. Do you have obesity in your family? Do you have a lot of people who are overweight? Not really, no, not much. So if we look at the country, you know, somewhere near 40% of the people are considered to be obese in the country. The rise in diabetes in the country actually actually mirrors the rise in obesity. We have 10 times more diabetics today than we did in 1960. We're talking about an order of magnitude 10 times. And it's really due to lifestyle changes. Overweight, eating too much, exercising too little, not eating the right food, all of those things mm-hmm. play a difference. So he's, he's got a good point. So there are things you can actually do to keep from becoming a diabetic. What would be the first thing that would come into your mind? To me, You're not a doctor, but I mean, not come, at on, all. come on. Uh, <laughs> not at all. That's a very good point. Yeah, not at I all. I want everybody at that's home to right. know that. I'm yeah, not a doctor. You're not a doctor. That's right. They think you're <laughs> a doctor. I don't even play one on that's the radio. Right. You don't even play one on the radio. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is just what you eat. It seems like that's, the, that's where, exactly you, where right. you start. What you eat and where you start. So mm-hmm. you really want to look at your calories. You don't want to be overweight because when you're overweight, you then produce insulin resistance. So that's one independent variable. The next independent variable is exercise. Mm-hmm. What do you get for exercise? So what do you do for exercise besides running after your kids, which actually <laughs> is a lot of exercise? Uh, take walks. I play tennis. I uh, ride the bike. Yeah. So you do stuff. Yeah. If you look at Americans, we are lazy and slothful sure. as a society. Our major exercises with our thumbs and with our eyeballs. We're looking <laughs> at a screen and we're using our thumbs. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of getting up and doing things. And we're going to be talking about that later in the show, the importance of getting up and doing that. Mm-hmm. So diet and exercise are really the main ways to keep from becoming a diabetic because you can't change your genes. So in this, you know, gentleman's example, he's concerned because relatives who has diabetes, his, you know, his parents have diabetes. You really can make changes earlier on and study after study shows what you do in mid-age actually has a major effect on what happens on what happens when you're older. So the answer is yes. Take action now. If you've got diabetes in your family and the risk that you're going to develop diabetes will be decreased dramatically. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right. Before we take a quick break, Zorba, let's hear... What about a slow break? It's usually quick, isn't it? Okay, yeah, it's usually yeah, timed yeah, it out. That's right. that's right. Time out. Are you saying you want to take a slow break? <laughs> you know, that's it. I want to sit down. <laughs> slow it all down. Slow it all down. <laughs> all right. Before that break, let's hear from your favorite eager beavers, the grammar police. But wait, don't play it. Brad, don't play it yet. Uh, I think most would agree that any sound body of government yes. should have a system of checks and balances. Of course. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. Yeah, 100%. that seems smart. 100%. Seems smart. 100%. And the grammar police have been yeah. known to, on occasion, yeah. uh-huh. overflex yes. their power yeah. a little well, bit, do. right? They do. That's Some, right. Not That's always. Right. Sometimes. That's right. There's supposed to be a balance of power. Yeah. That's right. Balance of power. Sometimes right. they take it too far. You bet. Right? You bet. This time, this time, yeah, this we're going to hear from a very special division of the grammar police. This is from... The Grammar Police Police. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, it's the Grammar Police Police. 
It's <laughs> <laughs> an easy way to do that, right? Police squared. Yeah, I got exactly. it. Yeah, I got it. Police, Police squared. With a little That's two right. in the corner. That's a little two. You yeah, got it. You got All right. It. A listener named Dev writes. Dev. Okay. Dev. Yep. Mm-hmm. Dr. Zorba, on the show today, someone gave you a hard time about, quote, spoonfuls and cup, oh, yes. cupfuls. <laughs> yes, remember really. that one? I remember that. I remember. I can barely keep track of it, but I do remember it. Yes, <laughs> that one I stuck do. out, yeah. Yes, I do. Uh, Dev says, ignore that advice. Ignore it. How can I ignore advice from a policeman? I mean, I can't do that. I've got to be careful. Checks and balances. That checks and balances. Checks and balances. Okay, checks and Spoonful balances. is a noun, according yeah. to Merriam-Webster, and uh-huh. spoonfuls mm-hmm. is a proper form of the plural. So spoonfuls is also acceptable. So it looks like both of them are acceptable. So you mean you can, they're both right? You can say spoons, you mean two spoonsful answer? or spoonfuls. So I can say spoonsful or spoonfuls. Yes. Or spoons. Wait a second. Spoonsful or spoonfuls. I'm getting spoonfuls. confused. So I can say spoonsful. Yep. Or I can say spoonfuls. Exactly. Uh, or cupsful or cupfuls. Or cupfuls. Or cupsful <laughs> or cupfuls. You know, you know. I wish English weren't my first language because then I wouldn't really understand what I'm actually saying. It's kind of a twisted you know language, I mean? isn't when it? I, when I do the recipe, I'll just default to whatever my brainfuls thinks is rightfuls. <laughs> Maybe your that brain's exactly full. It's too full. Brain's full. It's too That's full. Right. You but can't accept one brain. I can't have two brains. That's right. I do not have two brains. This is not a science fiction show. I have one brain. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, Was that a Steve Martin movie, The Man with Two Brains? Oh, you know, I can't remember Maybe all of his something movies, like but that. he was funny. Yeah, Someone yeah, will let yeah. us know. Funny guy. He's all right. a funny guy. Zorba, this got me thinking about the word spoonful. You mean spoon or full? Spoonful. spoonful. Just, okay. just okay. Yeah, got singular. You singular. Thinking. Yeah. yeah. Getting you thinking, uh, I got to be careful with this. It's okay. not. It's right. Maybe it could be a dangerous right. path yeah. we're going down. That's right. Naturally, my mind. Pathfuls. That's right. Pathful. <laughs> Sorry. So, enough. Thinking ahead, about spoonful, my yeah. mind naturally drifts to music. As okay. you know, I like music. Right. It, it seems to just always go that way. Right. So, do you remember the band, The Love and Spoonful? Yes, I do. You do? Yeah, I do. That was I liked back, them in a your, lot. back in your yeah, time, right? Love and right? Spoonful. Love and Spoonful. Right. Yeah, not fulls, spoonful. Spoonful. Yeah, not no, the Love were, and Spoonful. Yeah, that's right. yeah. Okay, so that's a. Cass. Wasn't that woman in there? What's her name? Cass? Cass? Mother Cass? I can't remember. Mama Cass? I've heard of Mama Cass. Mama Cass. Hey, we got it. The mamas and the papas. Oh, though? I know. Maybe it's a different thing. Well, let's let's go on. Listeners, let's let go. us know. This is not trivia. Okay, so that's so, that's no. a spoon named yeah. band that you grew up with. I did. I did. There's a spoon yes. named band I grew up with, yeah. and they're called guess what? I, spoon. I, spoon. They're just called Spoon. A band. That's named a band spoon? called Spoon from Austin, not in Texas. my generation. Great band. I've heard of Texas. Listen but to I a lot of heard them. of the band. No. <laughs> so of course I had to make a little mashup of, of the Love and Spoon of the of Spoon centric bands. This I is the it. Love and Spoon. I understand. Fall You're the music guy. Mashed up with Go for Spoon it. from Austin, Texas. Let's hear what that sounds like. So, you know what? You know what? Do we always take these? Do when I take comes, these too far every you time? Definitely take them too far. It has come for. It comes. This is a recipe. That's right. But you know something. Music moves information just like entertainment, and that is the goal of this show. If it weren't for infotainment, where would we be? We'd just be Googleless, and nobody would listen to us. Googleless, I like that's that one. Did you, you should. You should. That's it. Yeah, let's I coin that term. No, no, Google-less. it's trademarked. It's trademarked. You already got it. That's right. All right. Did the grammar police overstep their authority? Feel free to call them out by posting on our Facebook page or just send us an email at Zorba at WPR.org. More of your calls to come, more listener emails, and we'll be cooking up a sweet potato pecan casserole. Delicious. Ooh, that Delicious. Sounds good. All coming up on Zorba Pastor on Your Health from PRX.
Carl Christensen in the studio with Dr. Zorba Pastor. This is Zorba Pastor on Your Health, and the number to call anytime is 800 462 7413. That's 800 462 7413. But before we get back to our caller, Zorba, we have a recipe today. Actually, wait, before we get to this recipe, yeah, real yeah, quick check in. That's right. Do you remember yeah. we a couple months ago we unwrapped a little Debbie snack oh, cake yes. thing? Oh, yes. And set and it I out in the studio. It's sitting right here. It's still gonna, sitting here. And we're going to put a picture of this <laughs> on our website. So that was a couple of months ago. And you know something? I'm going to take yeah, this thing. Of, First of all, I'm going to make a sound. Listen to it. It sounds like it's pretty hard. It's pretty hard. And, yep. But it's still. It still has a smell. I can smell, smell it from smell. over here. It's, it still has a smell, and it still smells like a Twinkie. That's my, me tapping it. That's right. That's tapping. <laughs> you know, this is called percussion. We do this. We do this. Foley. A, now, listen, listen for a second. Listen. That's a hard sound. Yep. You hear the difference? Yeah. Well, this is pneumonia. Oh. This is a normal sound of a lung. Did you know that? I, did, I love how you tie it all You're back at, to health. That's I, awesome. We got to do it. There it is. There it is. There it is. So we're going to still... keep on coming back to this. We're going to see when the smell stops. We don't know. All I can tell you that is there must be some kind of an olfactory hydrocarbon. That's what we call them. There's These smells that come up. Powerful How could it smell in there. It's... months later and have it smell because we call that technology. <laughs> That's Not food. It's that. te- you're it's eating technology, technology that's over right, there. That's right. All right. Let's get to some real food here. Sweet potato pecan, pecan, pecan casserole. <laughs> pecan, pecan. Which, who do you say, that's pecan right. or pecan? You say pecan, I say pecan. It doesn't you matter, say potato, does it? I say potato. Okay. Who, Good answer. You know, let's call the whole thing off. I mean, that's <laughs> – but, but there is – there are sweet potatoes and there are yams. Now, do you know there's a difference between sweet potatoes and yams? I don't. Well, tell Wasn't me. Wasn't there a joke, I am what I am, what I am? What was that? Popeye? Oh, it was Popeye. That's what that was. <laughs> It was Popeye. But sweet potatoes have a starchy texture. They have a sweet flesh, but they're different colors. In the grocery store, you may see orange or white or purple. They're shorter. They're stocky. They kind of look like a football, you know, little football. They have a sweet taste, moist, creamy texture when they're cooked. But yams have a rough, scaly brown skin. They're Mm. a little bit different. They're not exactly the same. They look the same, but they're not as sweet Ah. as sweet potatoes, and they have a starchy texture. Okay. So they're not exactly the same. They're two different that. vegetables. That's it. Oh, it's on the test. Yeah. Oh, so when's, the, on the test. when's the test? That's right. Well, you've been asking that for years. And let me tell you something. If you don't know when the test is, you can't pass it. It's all a test. That's it. Maybe all Everything of it is. is a test. And with that, we'll get on with the actual recipe, Let's do the recipe and begin the rest of it. Okay. Sweet potato pecan. I'm going to call it pecans. Pecan. Pecans. Wonder what they call it in the South Coast. Pecans. I think of pecans with Carolinas. I associate, okay. or maybe Georgia. I yeah. don't know why. Don't you think of it as they don't. Yeah. Up north, pecan trees do not grow up north. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. You ever seen a pecan tree? Ah, maybe, maybe, Uh, maybe. Yeah, you're fudging. You're fudging your answer. Pecan or call? You fudging you. All right, start out with some cooking spray. You've got to have some cooking Cooking spray. spray. Okay, you need about three and a half to four pounds of sweet potatoes. Peel them, cut them into one inch chunks. Three and a half pounds sweet potatoes. Now, do you did you give your kids sweet potatoes when they were younger? I think so, like uh-huh. a puree. Yeah, yeah oh, puree. for sure we did. Because kids yeah. love sweet potatoes. Yeah. You know, I have two one and a half year olds, where they're kind of one and three quarter year olds. You know, Vanessa, Dee Dee, both of my daughters happen to have kids at about the same time. Mm-hmm. And I, whenever they come over, I have to have sweet potatoes in the house because they love them and they're good and they get all over their face. Yeah, and they look kind of funny. Yeah, it's the cute. kids look funny, it's and cute. you laugh at them, mm-hmm. and then they put more in their mouth. But anyway, getting back to that, <laughs> about three and a half to four pounds of sweet potatoes. Third of a cup of honey. Third of a cup of honey. Now, where do you buy your honey? I used to, well, my wife used to be a beekeeper. We're going to get back your to it. Your wife was a beekeeper? We had bees in our backyard for a wow. couple of years. Wow. And How did she get, get into the beekeeping? Honey. Her grandpa was a beekeeper. Her grandpa was a beekeeper? Yes. I mean, so she inherited all of his, his uh-huh. equipment wow. and started doing it for a couple of years. It was great huh. in our backyard, yeah. but then we had kids and we you got worried kids, about all. You get worried about the kids 100,000 bees. bees in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. That's right. 100,000? Is that, is that what? We had a couple boxes going. So yeah, there's a lot. Someone told us. I yeah. mean, I've never fact-checked yeah. it. Yeah. Well, you counted. can't count them. No. You can't count the bees. <laughs> so when you met her, did you know she was a beekeeper? No, definitely no, not. No. How'd you learn about that? She uh, she told me about her grandpa. Then uh-huh. when her grandpa passed, that's uh-huh. when she inherited all the How gear. How was that? It was really cool. You know, cool. when your kids get older, I bet you'll have beehives again. Well, we're going to probably get into it in a couple yeah, of years yeah. now that they're getting they older. they got to be older, so they've got to be able to yeah. sort of respect where Exactly. Respect, respect the bees. bees. But the honey we got from that was the best. Oh, I bet. So that's where we used to get our honey. I bet it was great. So a third of a cup of honey, one large egg. 
one large egg. Teaspoon of cinnamon, ground cinnamon. One big tea, ground cinnamon. Quarter teaspoon of ground nutmeg. Quarter little tea, ground nutmeg. Eighth of a teaspoon of ground ginger. Are you going to use some kosher salt? Kosher salt. Tablespoonful of packed dark brown sugar. Big tea, packed dark brown sugar. If you've got light brown sugar, that'll be okay. And a third of a cup of finely chopped pecans. Third of a cup, finely chopped pecans. So let's make it. Let's make it. Preheat the oven at 350 degrees, then mist an 8-inch square baking dish with some cooking spray. Uh, Bring a few inches of water to a boil in a pot with a large steamer basket in place. Put the sweet potatoes in the basket, cover and steam for about 20 to 25 minutes. So you're going to basically cook the sweet potatoes, transfer it to a bowl, let it cool, add the honey, the cinnamon, the nutmeg, the ginger, and the salt. Whip it up with an electric mixer. You've got to push it down, whip it up to make sure you actually spread the sweet potato mixture that you're going to actually use. You're going to spread it in the prepared baking dish. Now separately, mix the brown sugar pecans and the remaining one-half teaspoon of cinnamon in a bowl. Sprinkle it over the top. Bake it until it's hot, beginning to brown around the side about 40 to 45 minutes, and you have a delicious dish that your kids will love. It's wonderful. It's sweet. It's exactly something that you're going to want to have this time of year, and you can get this recipe because I know if you're in your car and you've been listening to this and writing it down, you should not have done that. Don't do that. I hope you weren't doing that. Go to our website at at zorbapastor.org. That's (laughs) zorbapastor.org. I was getting the email mixed up with the website. (laughs) Or, of course, you can find us through Facebook. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, let's go back to the phones now. Let's see if we can help a listener in Springfield, Missouri. Hi. Hi. uh, My question is the differences and the amount of um, vaginal deliveries versus uh, C-section. So, I'm 32, and I just mm-hmm. had my first little one, and I had uh-huh. all the hopes and dreams of having a old, good old-fashioned birth. I went of to course. a doula. And of course. Oh, you did everything. Right. And, right. and everything, and I'm, I'm pretty healthy. Uh-huh. I, I did high-intensity classes mm-hmm. and yoga and everything mm-hmm. and worked out throughout my whole pregnancy, mm-hmm. but I feel like more and more OBGYNs are opting for C-sections mm-hmm. um, versus waiting out um, Mm -hmm. the babies to come out, Mm -hmm. per se. Um, Uh And even my particular situation, my baby was still nine days late. Uh He did not want to come out. Uh But regardless, um, my first part of my question is, do you think that the rise in C-sections over waiting it out in the old-fashioned way is because mothers are getting older and their bodies aren't responding with... You know, you know, you bring up so many, or... so many points here. So did you have a vaginal <laughs> delivery or did you have a C-section? I had to have a C-section. Mm-hmm. Um, I labored for over 24 hours uh-huh. and the first half of it was induction with no epidural. And then the second half of it, I was so exhausted that we did an epidural and then he still wouldn't come out, so then we had to go into a C-section after about 22, 23 hours. So, so. Uh, first of all, uh, <laughs> let me go through a few things here, because first of all, this, yeah. is, this is a loaded topic. So I'm going to give yeah. a rough idea from this, and I'm going to give uh, give some rough numbers. My numbers will not be correct. I don't have a computer in front of me. They're going to be roughly out there, uh, because people are going to answer questions. Whenever I talk about C-sections, I always get lots of email. Something like a third of all babies, it might be like a quarter or a third in the U.S. are now by C-section. They have become much more common. And we do more C-sections in this country uh, than in pretty much any other, practically any other country in the world. Not all other countries, but many other countries. Now, I want to give a personal thing. My wife First baby, our oldest kid, Zach, she wants to have it vaginally. It was before there were epidurals, actually. There were no epidurals. She pushed for eight hours. That would never be the case today. She was like nine and a half centimeters. I still remember Paul McLeod, the next OBGYN, came in. I was going to deliver the baby with my partner. I mean, I was going to have somebody else there. He came in the room and he said, Penny? we got to get this baby out of there. It's not going to come out. And I remember she burst out into tears, so upset and so angry. We had a C-section. And then we had three, we had two other kids. We had three kids in 32 months, all by C-section, and then a fourth baby by C-section. So four oh, wow. C-sections, very, very difficult. Oh but she would have been an example of somebody who would have died in childbirth. 
You know, the baby would not come out after eight hours, roughly eight hours, eight and a half hours of pushing. The baby would have died. She would have died. And that was a common cause of death. Back in the day, if you go back to like 1900, a lot of women died in childbirth from a whole bunch of things, infection, hemorrhage. And so C-sections came into being. Now, the question is, are there too many C-sections that are being done? And reality is, yes, there are too many C-sections. I think most authorities will agree there are too many C-sections. On the other end, where do we draw the line? And that's where the difficulty comes in. When do you actually have it done and when do you not have it done? So I have four kids, two uh, two boys, two girls. Uh, one of my daughters, Dee Dee, had vaginal deliveries that were fine. And then my daughter, Vanessa, had two deliveries that were by C-section. So, I mean, it's just like it's not 50%, but in my family, that was the case. And is that your baby? Sorry. <laughs> See, your baby is in, chiming in. Yeah, they want to be on the they, air. Uh, come on. You know, let me tell you, it starts. This is when it starts. They want to let you yeah. know what they're actually thinking. So the answer is not clear. And that is the problem. The problem is mm-hmm. it's still not clear exactly how long you should wait. And if you look across the country, there are differences in the north and the south in different cities, not in different cities. And so there's not a clear answer. That's the best answer I can give you. So, you know, here it is. You had a very long, you know, you labored for a long period of time. And then, of course, you had a healthy baby when your baby came out. Yeah, I would say the extra nine days. I don't know if Mm -hmm. him being such a long gestation period, but he has been best sleeper, best eater, best, I mean, temperament. Luck. That's luck. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. That's luck. (laughs) I mean, I mean, come on. It's luck. I mean, we have, we have four kids. They're all the kids. They're all the things. Some slept longer. Some didn't sleep longer or it's good mothering and fathering. Maybe that's what it is. But if you get your baby to sleep through the night early on, you know what? That's, uh, I always say that's wonderful and you don't really know what that is. How old is your baby now? He is uh, four months tomorrow uh-huh. um, and he's uh, almost 20 pounds. <laughs> How wonderful is that? But you got a healthy baby, 20 pounds. You know, you don't have to go to weightlifting. You don't have to go to the gym because you got a baby who you're moving up and down. You can do all your <laughs> exercise with your baby. So. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. And absolutely. I'm a professional. <laughs> absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for that call at 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, let's go to a voicemail now. This is a caller from our engineer Brad Kohlberg's hometown of Stoughton, Wisconsin. Good afternoon, Dr. Zorba Pastor. I am living in the neighbor town of yours of Stoughton, Stoughton, Wisconsin, and I wondered how you feel about all these vapor businesses that have been started. Vapes, I think they call it. And I was so happy when they stopped cigarettes. And now in Stoughton, I think we have four businesses of vapes. And I just wondered, what do you think about that? Okay, thank you. There are a lot of vaping businesses. I've noticed it when I go through that town. They're the enemy town because when we <laughs> rivaled them, you know, in soccer or anything else, they were always the enemy. They really weren't the enemy, but they were the Let's enemy get Brad town. to corroborate, right. actually. Right. Are, are you, there a lot I, of vape stores? Are there three vape stores yeah. in Stoughton? How would I know? <laughs> How would he know? That's exactly. But there are, the reality is vaping, the reality is cigarette smoking is bad. Vaping is not good. Now, is vaping as bad as cigarette smoking? The answer is probably not at we this point. We don't know, one, right? But we don't really know. In yeah. other words, vaping has not been around for 40 or 50 years. We don't know what the ultimate effects of, of vaping is, you know, vaping, you know, will ultimately be on the body, but we know that it's not good for but now I tell people if they want to quit smoking cigarettes, if they vape for a while, that's good. But if you're gonna be doing vaping all the time, the only thing good for your lungs is fresh clean air that is non-polluting. And when you think of vaping, you've got to think of pollution because that's what it is. Vaping is actually your personal pollution device. Hmm. And that's what we should call it. P 
PPD, PPD, personal pollution Pollution device, device. because it is, it's pollution. You're putting chemicals into your body. You don't know where they're manufactured. You don't know uh, some of the vaping uh, liquids have been shown to have uh, lead in them. Mm. I don't know if they still have lead in them. The FDA does not regulate them because they're not regulated. So it's a bunch of junk going into your lungs. What's it going to do over time? Not good. Can't be good for you. It's not good to have. And yes, more and more people are buying them, especially Kids, where it has dramatically exploded because the FDA did not do a good job of regulating them. That was the problem. All right, before the break, Zorba, it's time to put on your black robe and unholster your official plastic gavel. Oh, I got gavel. it right here. Get your gavel. There it, it is, plastic gavel. I, actually, wait a second. This is. <laughs> He's using the little, little Debbie. Debbie. I that could, could do be that. your new gavel. <laughs> okay, let's go for it. All right, this is the segment we call Judge Zorba. All right, the following email is from a listener named Charles in Wisconsin who writes, Dr. Zorba, I'm an 81-year-old male. I appreciate your good advice. I am in good health because I'm a longtime listener. I recall way— Wait a minute, you're in good health because you're a longtime exactly, listener. Exactly, that's what Charles says. That's right. We give good health by just listening. There you and, go. Uh, you got it right there. Charles okay. also adds, I recall way back— when Tom Clark was your sidekick. Yeah, way Remember back. that way back? Yeah, way back. That's right. That's right. It's not that far away, <laughs> no, but it's way back. That's right. All right. Charles says, the problem is I have a rash on my foreskin. Mm-hmm. My urologist contacted a surgeon and they recommended circumcision. Mm-hmm. So I went to a dermatologist for a second opinion. They did a biopsy and it is squamous cell cancer. Wow. They recommended Mohs, uh-huh. M-O-H-S. Mm-hmm. I've had it for two years plus mm-hmm. and no mm-hmm. discomfort. Uh-huh. So what would you recommend or should I perhaps do nothing Thank you for what you do. Keep up the good work. Well, first of all, if they recommended a Mohs procedure, you should get the Mohs procedure. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Or you should get go and go back to the urologist and you should get the foreskin circumcised. But in either case, you've got to follow this to make sure that the squamous cell carcinoma does not go anywhere else. I would not do nothing. Mm-hmm. I would definitely act upon this. Anytime you've got any kind of a cancer, you want to get rid of it in your body no matter where it is. And certainly a cancer on your penis absolutely want to get rid of it and make sure you are treated. We have much more of the show to come. We'll have more of your calls. We'll tackle another interesting healthy living topic and more of your emails as well. So keep that radio dialed right here on Zorba Zorba Pastor Pastor on your health. Carl Christensen in Buck Studio with Dr. Zorba Pastor. This is Zorba Pastor on your health. 800-462-7413 is the number to call anytime with your healthy living question. That's 800-462-7413. But before we get back to our call, Zorba, we got a new topic here about 20 to 25 minutes of physical activity can offset death right. risk. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. So do you have an activity tracker? Do you wear Fitbit? I don't. I don't have I watch. I don't have you. No, you don't. don't. Want to, so how do you know how much activity you do? I just guess. You guess. That's right. That's right. Yeah. How much yeah, I'm guess. sweating? That's right. Guess to see exactly yeah. exactly what's going on. But anyway, physical activity we know is an important thing. Now, Americans sure. are they known for their exercise? Not really. Not, Not really. really. I mean, we're good at the Olympics, really. but that's just yeah. A we few, go to the Olympics. That's just people. a few. Those yeah. are the genetic celebrities <laughs> that go to the Olympics. But this is a particular study from the Swedish. Healthy Aging Initiative. Now, hmm. what's important here is you've got to say that's going on in Sweden. Sweden is not, uh, you know, demonstrative of the rest of the world, but they've got one registry. They have, they don't have, a, they have one insurance company, and it's called the government. 
Okay. So they can keep track of things. That's yeah. what they do. They're a pretty healthy country, yeah. I imagine. They're, and they're, well, we, th- we imagine them as a healthy country. And yeah. I think the answer is yes, but they also have a lot of heart disease. Okay. Northern Europeans have a lot of heart disease. So they're healthy in one way, but they have heart disease. They have bad genes in another way. And mm. the whole Northern European genes have more heart disease, we'll say, than Ar- Sub-Saharan Africans mm. have less heart disease. And there's a genetic issue here. I've been but, to Europe and I've seen a lot of bad genes, actually. You see, but that's just... The, that's another story. Yeah, that's... That that's another story. We're not going to go into that. It's one of your jokes. Yep. Fell on deaf ears. Let's go <laughs> on. But anyway, this is data that was collected from the year 2003 to the year 2019. And it's a longitudinal study in 12,000 people, roughly 50 years of age. That's when they were, in, they were, that's when they were actually started in the study. And they had activity trackers to see how much activity, like Fitbit mm-hmm. or like an iWatch. And they were looking to see whether or not they could look at physical activity and whether or not it would make a difference in terms of what people were doing. So as you can imagine, the more you exercise, the more physical activity you do, the better off you're going to be. And the mm-hmm. answer was yes. People who clocked up generally about 20 minutes. So look at it as two 10-minute intervals, okay, mm-hmm. of physical activity every day on the whole. Actually, it is significantly less likely to die. Mm. They had a 15 to 35% reduced risk of premature death from only 10 minutes twice a day of physical activity. That kind of was the bottom line. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of other things that went on in this study, but it showed that physical activity makes a difference. Mm -hmm. So the problem is we sit in front of a computer. What do you do most of the time with your everyday activity? Are you sitting in front of a computer a lot? On a work day, yes. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, just setting an alarm, setting a watch, and getting up for 10 minutes twice a day? Mm -hmm. I mean, we all have the ability to do it. That's very doable. You know, so that we often think of people as I've got to go outside, I've got to do exercise, I've got to do 25, 30 minutes, I've got to do it all at one time. No. It's some getting up off of it, off of your duff mm-hmm. and walking for 10 minutes twice a day may reduce your risk of premature death by up to 35%. I think that's the bottom line with this particular study. And I think it just behooves us to do it because we don't do enough. It also reduces the risk of obesity and so on. So this is another study that really shows that activity makes a difference in our longevity. You've got to get up and do things. 800-462-7413. That's one 800 462 Seven four one three. All right, let's go back to those calls now. This is a listener in Edmond, Oklahoma. Hi. Hey there, Dr. Zorba. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks. Good. Um, good. So my question is about men's hair loss. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 35 years old, uh-huh. um, and I've kind of got you know I see like I've got a you know balding pattern, and I've heard of things like finasteride mm-hmm. and minoxidil as right. far as hair loss treatment. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, but I know there's side effects involved. And so I'm wondering what your perspectives are on that. Well, first of all, finasteride, which is uh, which was under the name Ben Propatia when it first came out, is really a very good drug. That's probably the best drug you would need. It's a one milligram dose. Uh, the pills are now generic, so they're inexpensive. They used to be they used to be somewhat expensive, and I would actually have guys, and I would have them get a five milligram pill because that was used to shrink prostates in older men, uh, and I would have them cut that into quarters and use that, and that is far more effective than minoxidil, topical minoxidil. And does it have side effects? Um, you read for it; it does have side effects. It can reduce libido in some men. Most men do not, but some men can reduce libido. Uh, it can reduce the volume of the ejaculate when you have an ejaculation in some. Uh, and some, that's basically, those are really the most common side effects. Uh, if you go to the web and you look at the other side effects, there are, there are some that are that I'm not mentioning here. But that is the most commonly used drug. At the age of 35, it can be very effective. It can take a while to kick in. It can take three or four months. And basically what it does is reduce the, it reduces the effects of testosterone that is metabolized and then affects the hair follicles. That's really what it does. Have you thought about something? Do you want to take something internally? How do you want to approach this? Well, I mean, I've got a prescription for both orally mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I, I can get the topical solution as well. But, you know, I think I just was concerned about, you know, whether I should, whether my vanity was going to outweigh the health risks or, you know, pose any danger to my health 
Well, I, I've had a number of young guys who then took finasteride for 20 years. They didn't have any side effects and the drug is, is safe and effective. We use it for an enlarged prostate and uh, we use that for an enlarged prostate along with another uh, other drug that also affects the uh, membrane around the prostate. So we use two drugs often together. But no, the drug has been shown to be effective, safe in the long term. I think if you tolerate the drug and you don't have side effects, that's what I would recommend. I would definitely go to the finasteride over the minoxidil. Minoxidil is a diuretic and we use it to lower blood pressure and you're more likely to have a side effect from that because you're more likely to have hypotension, which is low blood pressure. So I would do the finasteride. I would try that. See if you don't have side effects. If not, keep it up for six or 12 months and then see how you feel. I think the drug is safe and effective. Don't have side effects. Go for it. Okay. That sounds great. Yeah, I'll absolutely try it. Absolutely. And you know what? Call us back if you take it in a year and let us know what happens. You definitely should call back in a year and let us know what's what's going on. I'd be very, very interested. Okay, will do. Okay. Take care and good luck. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for that call at 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, Zorba, let's pry open the always overstuffed Zorba (laughs) Pastor on your health inbox. Let's take an email from a listener named Dennis who writes, Ahoy, Dr. Pastor. Ahoy. I love it. Is Dennis a sailor? I love it. I love it. Ahoy. Ahoy. I don't know. (laughs) You know, when Alexander Graham Bell first invented invented the telephone, he wasn't sure what to do. And I think he actually used Ahoy as his first, not not exactly first words, but, you know, hello then came along with the telephone. Interesting. That's the term they finally sort of decided on. So we all could have been saying Ahoy, Well, you don't say hello to somebody when you meet them. You don't say, hello, how are you? Do you say hi? Mm, It's good afternoon. I like that one. Yeah, you like good afternoon. As long as it's afternoon. (laughs) What if it's morning? Good afternoon, how are you? Say hi. Yeah. You don't say hello. You say hello over the the phone. Do you yeah. say, do you look at somebody and say, hello, hello. how are you doing, Carl? You don't say <laughs> not that. Usually, you're right, not usually. No, it's a, it's a phone thing. <laughs> right. But ahoy, keep going. All right. Dennis says, I always love your program. I learned so much Great. and the recipes are Great. delicious. That's Wonderful. a good way to start, Dennis, yep. the sailor. On a recent episode, you discussed ultra-processed foods right. and you included frozen pizza right. in this category. Of course. But what makes frozen pizza different than homemade pizza? other than the extra love that's in anything homemade. In other words, what makes frozen pizza, quote, ultra-processed? I've scrutinized ingredients of several brands of frozen pizza, and nothing popped out for me. What did I miss? Well, first of all, you know, uh, when I said ultra-processed, it's really what goes into the other things that are in the pizza mm-hmm. in addition to make it uh, – to keep it from uh, basically molding and doing other things that go Preservatives. on. Preservatives. Yeah, yeah. So that, those are the issues with ultra-processing. There is a definition. I don't have it in front of me because I don't have a computer in front of me mm-hmm. about ultra-processing is. So I may actually be not correct when I say it's ultra-processed, but, you know, versus like you say homemade pizza, but homemade pizza, you're taking the ingredients, you're putting it in and you're not putting other things to stabilize those ingredients. Mm -hmm. And it may be the stabilization ingredients that they put in, the other things that are on the label that are trying to keep it close, fresh uh, uh, in the freezer that are actually the issue that may be causing the problems with ultra-processed foods. Right, because those frozen pizzas have to sit in the grocery store for weeks, months maybe, who knows? That's exactly it. I don't know how long, but they're definitely definitely not fresh. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We're not talking about a fresh pizza that you may pick up uh, at a a store. We're talking about things that are frozen. Mm -hmm. So that's what it fits with. It's the other stuff that goes on top of it to keep it from spoiling that may be the issue. Do you have a pizza question or comment for the show? So or a non-pizza. Zorba's always yeah, happy right. to deliver an answer. Del- oh, gosh. Don't forget that's to tip right. your driver, that's though. Right. Just post <laughs> it on our Facebook page or send us an email at Zorba at WPR.org. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, let's go now to a voicemail from a listener in Stillwater, New Jersey. Hi. I absolutely love your show, and um, I have a question for you. I am 76 years old. I have tried every diet on the planet. I am five foot three, and I weigh 172 pounds. And 
I've read something on the internet about keto gummies, and I'm just trying to figure out are they safe to take, especially at my age. And um, I'd love to hear from you. Thank you, and have a great day. Bye. Yeah, I have no idea what's in keto gummies. Keto gummies, not at all. I don't know uh, either. But uh, but. You know, whatever it is, the keto gummies are probably not going to do anything. There's so many things on the web mm-hmm. to get people to lose weight because it's very difficult. Of course, we now know there are drugs like Wegovy and Ozempic, mm-hmm. you know, which are GLP-1 inhibitors that do help people lose weight. They're very expensive. They're about $1,000 a month, mm-hmm. you know, not covered by insurance unless you happen to have diabetes or a different insurance plan. We know those are really working to help people lose weight. And by the way, when you stop losing weight with those drugs... And you stop doing the injections, the weight then comes back on. So mm. we know that is part of the issue. But keto gummies, not sure what's in there. You know, it's more of a placebo effect. It's not going to actually attenuate or do anything. Keto diets for some people actually help them lose weight because they're more satisfying and they find they're not getting as many calories. That's a whole different issue. 800-462-7413. That's one 800 462 Seven four one three. All right, before we head out today, Zorba, we love when our listeners chime in to add their healthy living tips to the show. The following email is from Edith in Utah. Edith writes, Hello, Dr. Pastor, Tom, and Carl. She got Tom in there. Tom got she a show. Did. That's she great. Did. She did. I listened great. to your recent episode about how to best integrate health practices from around the world into my overall health care. I had always been interested in acupuncture and I grew even more aware of its effectiveness during my pregnancy. As part of our birthing class, we had a section about acupressure points that can help manage pain and contractions during labor and delivery. Since then, I have learned more sites for acupressure to assist with congestion when I have a cold, cramps during my period, and nausea during car rides. When you need quick relief of symptoms, I highly recommend these techniques in addition to any other over-the-counter medicines you like. All the best to you and your listeners. What great do you think I- about Edith? Oh, I think it's a great idea. And basically, it's better to do acupressure or acupuncture if they're going to help for your discomfort than taking over-the-counter medications, which mm-hmm. have side effects. So kudos. Keep it up. Acupressure, if it works for you, absolutely do it. Because basically, you want to get rid of symptoms without putting something in your body mm-hmm. that may have side effects. Do you have a health tip for the show? Come on, we're on pins and needles here. Share it with us. Come on. Pins and needles. <laughs> Zorba at WPR.org or, of course, through Facebook. Should we do this again next week, Zorba? Absolutely, Carl. All right. If you missed anything during the show or you just want to stream the show online anytime, visit us on the web. At ZorbaPastor.org or, of course, through Facebook. And don't forget, you can call us anytime. 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 <laughs> to leave us your question <laughs> at 800 800- Four six two seven four one three. Wow, that's great. <laughs> Zorba Pastor on Your Health is a production of Wisconsin Public Radio. It is not intended as a medical diagnosis, so please do check with your doc. Our executive producer is me, Carl Christensen. Our technical director is Brad Kohlberg. Our theme music is by Leo and Ben Sidron. For Zorba Pastor, I'm Carl Christensen asking you to join us on the next Zorba, Zorba Pastor on Your Health. Did you miss something on today's show? Simply go to ZorbaPastor.org to catch up on all things Zorba. There you will find recipes from the show, links to the Facebook page, Zorba's healthy living articles, and you can subscribe to the weekly podcast. On the web, that's ZorbaPastor.org.